I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Vlasic. And this is Generation BSC. Yes, Generation BSC. We're finally back Yay. recording episodes about the books and we're in person Yay. for God, like the first time other than a quick record like yeah. a year ago at this point. So we're very excited and well, I guess first, Generation BSC is a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the Babysitter's Club. We just came off discussing the second season of the Netflix series, and we are back with a vengeance. I guess maybe not a vengeance. With a... Oh, I might have some vengeance <laughs> for people okay. in this book. Like We'll see where the vengeance maybe comes in. But we are back talking about super special number four, uh, Babysitter's Island Adventure, and... We have, as always, a very special guest. So excited to welcome back the wonderful, the fabulous Katie Schneller, who has undergone a bit of a name change um, since the last time she joined us. I added on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we are, uh, yeah, three of us in one space, actually talking to each other, looking, wow, it's crazy. We're so excited. Especially, I'm so excited about this in particular because this book was wild. I have, (laughs) I I was, I mean. I was on edge. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy stressful. And well, we'll get into all the details, but before we get too much further, I just want to make a call back because it has been, I looked, about a year and a half since we last talked about these books. She's crazy. And so Kate's prediction, um, if anybody else remembers, (laughs) normally our predictions are about like like a 20-second little, I think maybe this is going to happen, or I remember this one, or I don't. Kate outlined the whole plot for us. (laughs) This Um, is one of the ones that I read repeatedly, even into like college, because I'd go home and I didn't have all of my books at my parents' house. And so this was one of the few actual books at my parents' house, and it just sort of like stayed in my bedroom. And then once my brother took my bedroom in the guest bedroom, and I just read it over and over and over. So it's like burned in there. I basically didn't even have to read it this time. But yeah. I did, of course. Yeah. Uh, the funniest part about that whole thing, though, is this one is, uh, I mean, well, we're going to get into it, obviously, but uh, sort of atypical mm-hmm. from what we've seen so far. So it's so funny that this is the one that you read over and over again. Right. So I actually went back and pulled out our predictions from a year and a half ago. <laughs> So I thought uh, we should start by reminding ourselves, because I want to see how close Kate got to it. Because <laughs> at that point, when yeah. I really hadn't read it for probably 10, 15 years, if right. that. So, so okay. it was all in my brain. So we'll see how close I actually came. <laughs> so here we go. We should do our predictions for our next episode, because we are coming up to our very next super special, which is Babysitter's Island Adventure. And I'm going to venture a guess and say we're back into summer vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I believe so. I this is one of the ones that I read and reread as a child. So I'll let you go first because I have pretty strong memories of this one. Okay, good. Because I have a couple of memories of Babysitter's Island ones, but I feel like they've all kind of mushed together over the years. So I'm not really sure. And I want to say... There was the Bahamas, but I know that we talked about that on the the cruise one because that was the Taz Tuckin and my Bahama cruise <laughs> and uh, couldn't resist the urge. But I know that there was one that they got kind of shipwrecked or like that there was some very mild Lord of the Flies type things happening or, you know, something along those lines. And then there was one about babies, but I don't remember all of that. So I'm going to go with this one is one where they get left behind on some kind of class trip. They're doing some, you know, like off the, I'm, I'm like, what was that? Dawson's Creek. There were those little islands and they did the like scary movie one where they like 
tried to recreate Blair Witch Project. So this is a little before that, but I'm guessing, and summer, but I'm guessing it's something similar where they go on like a, a, a summer camp excursion to like a nearby island off the coast and accidentally get left behind and have to survive for some unspecified period of time. Well, let me tell you what really happens. You're not like totally okay, wrong, but it's not all of the babysitters that get stranded. So okay. um, Dawn and Claudia are very into sailing, apparently. Okay. It gets introduced in this book. They're very into sailing. They're very competitive. And so they – the book starts with them like racing and one of them loses and they like sort of are like, okay, let's have a rematch. And so they plan like the next weekend. They're going to do another trip, but they're going to take some of the kids that they babysit with them. I think there's a couple pikes, maybe Jamie Newton. And so they are going out on this race. They're going to – I think the the plan is they're going to like race to an island, have lunch with the kids, and then race back. And so what happens is when they are racing out to the island, they a big storm crops up and they one of the boats capsizes, the other one um they're able to get the everybody into that one and then they make it to some island. I I, I don't know how many like random little islands there are off the coast of Connecticut, <laughs> but they end up on a random island where they end up having to survive for a few days. They have the food that they brought with them for the the picnic. Uh, there's a lot of candy because Claudia is one of the um, people steering the boat or whatever, so she packed one of the picnic baskets. I think it's Jamie Newton gets sick, and they have to try to, like, take care of him while they're waiting to be rescued. And like Claudia ends up coming up with like all of these brilliant ideas to like get water and save water. And then she finds a mirror and she uses that to signal to a plane that's like searching for them. And so then all of the rest of the babysitters are back in Stony Brook doing various things to try to find them. So there's a lot more sort of coordination among the babysitters back in Stony Brook. Although I think Stacy's in New York for the weekend or something. So she's not even really there, but she's like freaking out from New York. Marianne and Dawn had a fight right before the boat race. And so Marianne's like got that guilt on top of the fact that her sister is missing. Those are sort of the big points. I can't think of like, I'm sure, and I think there are at least one or two pikes there. So I think that Mallory's sort of like freaking out because her siblings are with them and they find the first boat all broken apart and everyone thinks that something really terrible happened and then they find the other boat and it's empty because it floated away from the island and the end (laughs) (laughs) that was so thorough i cannot wait to read the book because i'm going to be able to like match it up plot point by plot point (laughs) i i'm I'm so excited now and i love to know that i wasn't you know like completely far off yeah i still am maintaining that there is going to be one book where they do dig into uh What's his face? Old man Hickory. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like I remember that. But maybe I'm just remembering the one with Koki Mason where, you know, they met at his grave. But in any case, I'm I'm very excited for this island adventure now that I know that it is that dramatic. And also, let's talk about irresponsible. If you're going to, like, race in sailboats, sure, let's bring a bunch of kids that we right. babysit. Yeah. Anyway. It, it, the logic is not great. <laughs> You know, in- internal logic is not one of the strengths of the <laughs> of the series in the best way possible. I mean that with all the love in my yes, heart. Yes, 100%. But yes, there. this I feel like is going to be one with a lot of plot stupidity. <laughs> For sure. So, yes. Like, literally, I think the only thing that you got wrong was the pike 
stuff right. at all. And, and then, that they found oh, the caps, right. the empty boat before the capsa or the broken apart boat. Right. That which, makes sense. That's a pretty small detail. But yeah, I, I mean, the, the Pikes, I, I assumed with all of the Pike children running around, mm-hmm. certainly at least one of them would be on one of these boats. Apparently not, though. And to be fair, they were like the main arbiters of the like search parties. Like right. they were the ones out taking the boats because apparently everybody in Stony Brook sails. They all I, have boats. I, and, I mean... In Connecticut, that kind of like yeah, I, that feels that's true. especially right. if they're it's right like, on the water. They play lacrosse and they sail. That's kind of like <laughs> what I have in my head. Those are their things. I did even write down. I was like, sailing always felt to me like a super privileged sport, and I think part of that is growing up in Cincinnati, where Katie and I did, because we're completely landlocked. It wasn't oh, like right. I mean, there's a river. Well, I mean, yes. I'm sure you're not sailing on the Ohio. River. No. no. No, there's not. There's motorboats. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. But even that was like not the norm, and the weather was not like no what conducive to. But true, like being in Cleveland, I know a lot more people that sail, but 100%. I would not consider like hoity-toity. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. because it's the with the lake right there that makes right. sense. So I guess like with the Connecticut, I guess the you know the Connecticut thing makes me mm-hmm. think snobby, but th- there really are. They're right on, right? You know, the ocean. It of course it makes sense that that would be something more that they had more access to. And they really are talking about it like the community center is doing this. Right, this isn't right. some marina or something. Or like so, a yacht club. Exactly. So I was more envisioning like paddle boats <laughs> um, <laughs> is sort of what I was trying to like equate it to in my mind. But regardless, the level of – so the vengeance comes in for me on the level of adults that make terrible decisions in this book is just like – I hated every adult yeah. except for Aunt Cecilia. Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Yes. Okay. How, how did – and I, I remember Aunt Cecilia. And Aunt Cecilia I, I thought sucked. And yeah. she's the only person with half a brain terrible. in her head in this whole entire – okay. Let, let's let, do yes. the descriptions because there's – Obviously, so much to unpack in this one. Oh, yeah. Lots of, like I said, in the prediction, plot stupidity abounds, especially from the adults. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's let's dig into it. And I I can't wait to see how much your summary has in common with your prediction (laughs) a year and a half on. (laughs) A very good point. We will see. So why don't you give us the official back of the book description and what they wanted to, you know, relay to us in picking this one up and getting excited about reading. And ironically enough, for as dramatic as the back of the books tend to get, this one is not that dramatic for how actually dramatic the book is. You mean since the stakes were literal death? Exactly. Right. Right. Which nobody seemed to grow. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) We'll get there. I'm fired up already. I don't know if it's being in the same room as y'all, but I'm like, ooh, I'm hot. Okay. Dawn and Claudia have the perfect day planned. They've invited Dawn's brother and three other kids to join them on a sailing race out to Greenpoint Island. The girls have even packed a picnic lunch for the adventure. But then, a big storm blows up in the middle of the race, and Claudia and Dawn and the kids never return (laughs) from the island. The babysitters can't believe it's true. Two of their members are missing. I do appreciate that. Never Never return. return. Yeah. (laughs) It did take a turn. But I I, like the emphasis on them packing a picnic. Like, (laughs) get a picnic. Oh, no, there's a storm. I mean, it's important to their survival. Uh, Fair enough. That is true. Um, That's very true. But yeah, for the level of actual stakes in the book. Right. 
There's legitimate stakes in the back of the books. Like, oh, yeah, they just don't come back. It's yeah. fine. Two of them are missing. And not just the two babysitters, but, like, actual four children. <laughs> yeah, but the babysitters, the babysitters care that the yeah. babysitters are missing. Yeah, Clearly. obviously. Clearly. I mean, if the other kids died, they'd have fewer babysitting charges. <laughs> That's true. And Christy does say that it this has, was great advertising for the babysitters. Yeah, but oh, only because God. they survived. Yeah. <laughs> a good point. Yeah, they. I think the babysitters club would have been donezo had it, these well, children but, died. I mean, even you lose one, and and your credibility yeah. takes a real hit. So it's it's, it's not rough. good. Not no. good for the economic. <laughs> Which is, of course, exactly where Christie's brain goes. Of course. Well, and I mean, it's to Christy. be fair, all of them were like very excited about the prospect of being in the newspaper or on on television. Which I, I get that, one hundred percent. Yeah, especially as a thirteen or eleven oh, year yeah. old, yeah. for sure. I had my picture in there twice. One was even hideously embarrassing, <laughs> but I was still like excited that you know. Well, it right, because it's any kind of like exactly. Look at me; I'm in the paper. I think I was in the paper like once, and it was it was it wasn't even like the plain dealer. It was like the Hudson Hub, which is like <laughs> local, so basic. And I I think it was like me and a couple kids at a park, like eating a popsicle or something. Like yeah, it was literally about nothing. It was just like we have space to fill. Let's take some pictures. And I, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah, so I you know we gave our girl Christy some shit, but I. I feel her. Once everybody's safe, they're in the paper. We're looking on the bright side. Right. Yeah. But man, I think my biggest thing with the, all of it is how much, speaking of the back of the book, like not really capturing the tone, I couldn't figure out what the book thought the tone was. Like who, what, were, is this serious? Is this like minor? Like there was such mm-hmm. a random assortment of how seriously people were taking what was happening. Um, yeah. And even at different times, the same people were acting differently. It's exactly. not like one person was very serious and one person was like, everything's fine. It was like up and down across the board for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And and I would say the overarching version of it was not taking it seriously enough. Almost everyone seemed rather blasé about what was happening. So I, I, that's, I think that's the thing that got me most upset about mm-hmm. this whole thing. I was like, like you said, Katie, the stakes are literal death. And everybody's just kind of like, I mean, they're missing. I'm but sure we'll find them. It's fine. We should still go to this party or a play or whatever. And, and definitely have a, a softball game. One, oh, God. <laughs> Every dude in the, the, the adults suck and so did both of the boyfriends. I will say, though, well, we after you do your, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Sense. And then we but can say, really dive into it. Bart or Bert? Bart. Bart. The apology phone call. I was like. This relationship between him and Christy is surprisingly mature. And I, well, we'll, we'll get to him because I, I, yes, and at least he apologized. (laughs) Okay, so let's do the back so we can get into all of the ins and outs and terrible people and terrible decision making and not get interrupted by ourselves again. (laughs) Okay, so our description. So the overarching plot, um, this super special is much more focused on one overarching plot with less individual side plots for each narrator. So it's a little more streamlined than our usual super specials. Uh, We kick off the book with Dawn and Claudia getting super into sailing, taking lessons at the community center after insisting how much experience they both have, despite sailing literally never coming up in the series to date. Mm -hmm. They they race to and from an island offshore and end in a tie, which results in a rematch the following long weekend, which ends up including Jeff, Becca, Haley, and Jamie. And turning more into an outing on Greenpoint Island than a breakneck race there and back. 
Well, that was the plan at least. On their way to the island, a huge storm blows out of nowhere, which results in Don's boat capsizing and two girls in their charges making it to a nearby island that they ultimately named Nine O'Clock Island, since it's always nine o'clock when they check the time, uh, in and clinging to Claudia's boat. There are island hijinks where the kids decide to spell out help using seashells that are the same color as the sand. Multiple meals consist of candy bars, which Claudia reasonably overloaded on in her picnic basket, and or fish caught by Jeff. The kids explore, swim, and throw tantrums over not being rescued yet. They all deal with water depletion and related ingenuity from Claudia to gather more. Jamie comes down with something including a high fever, and ultimately, they are all rescued via Deus Ex Broken Mirror Found in the Woods by Claudia. The kids ultimately spend two days, quote-unquote, lost at sea before being rescued, and they all make it home safe and sound, albeit with strep and an ear infection for Jamie, a sunburn for Haley, and an infected cut on Jeff's foot that he didn't tell anyone about, uh, before becoming local celebrities and the subject of news reports in a special edition of the newspaper. Some additional plot items of note about our other girls. Um, Claudia has some heartburn over canceling a Crushers Bashers softball game and has a bit of a tiff with Bart before he realizes she wasn't exaggerating the situation and the reasoning for canceling the game. Claudia keeps a cool head and runs the show while on the island and, <laughs> and realizes that while she might not be school smart or book smart, she knows she's practical and good at solving problems and that makes her care a little bit less about her bad report cards. Stacy spends most of the book in New York City with her dad, but ultimately stands her ground to come back to Stony Brook and has some real conversations with her parents about not putting her in the middle and valuing her time as her own rather than always being about one of them. Marianne sends Dawn off to the race with the last words, you know what? I wish I never had to see you again. I wish you would be out of my life forever. After Dawn causes a fight between her and Logan by not relaying a message. She spends the rest of the book feeling guilty, as does Dawn, and they vow never to fight again once Dawn is rescued. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Dawn feels like she fell apart on the island and failed at living up to her reputation as the strong one, but she realizes through a conversation with Sharon that she can't always be the strong one, and here, her not being the strong one gave Claudia the opportunity to do just that and learn something about herself. Mallory doesn't have much to do aside (laughs) from being a vehicle for the vehicles to help search with her family. Typical Mallory. And Jesse is supposed to watch Becca and Squirt for the whole long weekend while her parents are away, which... What? And ends up having to call her judgmental Aunt Cecilia for help when Becca goes missing. We end with foreshadowing of her coming to live with the Ramses in the future. Yeah. I mean, the the, the ending on Jesse is, is appropriate because of all of the what the fuck of this entire thing, that their parents left for a long weekend and an 11-year-old well, in charge of a allowed baby. allowed babysit at night. Like, yeah. And Squirt is a literal baby. A literal like, baby. naps. Right. It's oh, not like... He's not even, like, two. I think he's, like, one and a half. I think he's, yeah, like... He's not, I have no idea yeah, how old he, he is. I think she says he's around one because he's, like, starting to walk. Like, he can yeah. walk a little bit, but he mostly just crawls still. Like, he's a literal baby. And that Becca is, is a, like, a small child, too. She is 11 years old. Do you know how old my parents... I was when my parents first let me stay overnight with my siblings... I mean, granted, it didn't end well because we made some bad choices, but I was 17, and they still were really reluctant, as I, as I pointed out, they should have been. Which was a smart choice. <laughs> smart choice. But 11, and they're just like, la-da-da. And yeah, it, everything's this is, fine. This is pre-cell phone, and mind you, too. And then they're also yeah. completely unreachable. When, like, they're not they at their hotel at all. She, didn't she, like, not... She didn't call them. Well, she no, but, but even Aunt Cecilia is not able to reach them because oh, right. Jesse's like relieved that her parents yeah. weren't there to get the phone call. So it's like, even if Jesse had thought to call her parents, like she couldn't have even reached them. Like, <sighs> I just, and this is like what I mean about the level of like nobody seemed to be taking this terribly seriously. Yeah, the minute 
I, the minute they're missing, people would have been freaking out. Mm-hmm. The minute it was the first overnight, it would have been like. The minute there was a storm. Yeah. Because, like, well, first of all, I don't buy that, like, at a community center where you can Agreed. get, take sailboats out, that they had not been aware. Because, I like, even just renting a paddleboard. Right. Like, mm-hmm. if, if like, storm is coming, they'd be like, you can only take this out for an hour. Right. And and I know that, like, we they don't have, like, the instant access and stuff. But I distinctly remember in the early 90s, there was a phone number you could call to get weather updates. Right. Yes, absolutely. Like, and they don't have a compass, so they don't know, like... There was just so much I was just like... Oh, the fact that the community center even allowed 13-year-olds to get sailboats that would go out onto the literal ocean by themselves and were just like, have fun. I think fun. it's kind of like a, a bay. Like, I think those are barrier islands. Uh, well, fair so enough. it's a but, little but less... You could still, yes. you know, right. sail off course pretty easily. And it's not like you're going to, you know, worst case scenario, wind up on the other side of the river or wind up on the other side of the lake. Right. right. I mean, well, I think- and the community center doesn't even seem to be caring until their families are calling like, hey, um, my child was out on this sailboat earlier and they were supposed to be home at five o'clock and it's now after 530. Like any updates? And they're like, you know, we should probably start searching for those kids. Right? Like, you guys know there was a huge fucking storm and then they never came back. Like, what do you think is happening? Purely from a rental standpoint. That's a, that's bad quality <laughs> right. control in terms exactly. of Exactly. Right. If you equipment. don't even care about the human life at stake, <laughs> your boats are at stake. Well, and Maybe I, a concern. And then I'm also like, if the Coast Guard's involved and, like, people who know about tides and stuff and, like, currents, wouldn't they kind of know, like, okay, the wind was blowing this direction. There's right. a cluster of islands here. That's where we're going to start the search. We're going to see these little, like, yeah. barrier islands and go see if there's – like, I feel like that's just logical. Yeah, it would they, make sense. They think they were – like, they kept saying they were looking for the boats. And I was like, do you think that they're just, like – if they were on the boats and the boats were capable of sailing, don't you think they would have – Come back. Come back? <laughs> like, well, if they don't even have a compass, they don't know which direction to go. Well, Fair enough. It, I mean, it's like if – if it wasn't hazy and cloudy, you could use the sun. But, like... I, like, even the logic of, well, you're too young to take the boat alone. You have to have somebody on there with you. They make a point so, of saying that So twice. bring a four-year-old. Bring a four-year-old. I was like, that's not with how no that, sailing experience. That's not how that works. I was like, there. I mean, there were similar rules when you first got your driver's license in Ohio. Right. Like, right. at 16, you couldn't... But it was the opposite. You couldn't drive with anyone else in the car unless Except they were over 18. Yeah. Right. Not You can't bring a four-year-old and yeah. have that count as your, like, witness. <laughs> Here, it's you know what's going to be much safer? Add an, a, another smaller, less helpful child. Right, who has literally no idea what you're doing. <laughs> just <laughs> definitely a good idea. But, it, uh, just nothing about this made any kind of logical sense. Like, it was purely... It was purely for plot purposes. Right. Hey, you know it would be an interesting super special? If some of the girls got trapped on an island and... Let's see how we can get to that point. And the thing is, my prediction would have made far more sense. Yes. Yes. And it would have been way less dramatic. It would have fit way more with the tone of the rest of the books. Like, that's the thing that I kept thinking about. I was like, looking back, I, I get this. This is a super special. But let's think about the super specials we've had so far and, like, what the stakes have been. Camp. Stacey got <laughs> real bad <laughs> poison ivy. Um, on the boat, Mallory followed somebody around, <laughs> you know. creepy. Yeah. But they, like minor shenanigans i mean even skiing it was like or in, in, right, there was a big snowstorm but like they were all together everyone was at the lodge they had plenty of supplies like there was right? no concern that they were all gonna like die and also when you go lodge. skiing you expect snow yeah right and i mean there was that big bus crash that got the other kids that's there, true but that was even still like comparatively speaking being four children and two babysitters being missing for 
two nights overnight. Yeah. There would this would be I mean they kind of eventually talk about how it was on the like the local news and even got picked up. I was like this would be a massive yes. like CNN news story, especially you get that blonde hair, blue eyed Dawn the way they described her and that would have been her picture would have been plastered all over the place. <laughs> Like, this is everything, especially at that time, like, that would have been a right. massive, massive deal. And for Stacy's dad, I mean, talking about parents, like, not giving shit, for him being, like, upset that she was upset about it. And he's like, we have theater tickets. And I'm like, like, dude, call your ex-wife, see if this is actually a big deal, and then go with your daughter. Yeah. Spend time with her, consoling her, like, be the good guy. Like, I, I mean, I love that even Charlotte, you know, her parents, I understand the instinct that, like... It's not anyone Charlotte's related to, but right. it is someone – She, it's her best friend. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can understand from a parent's perspective, like, maybe do we want to try to, like – especially for a young kid, try to keep her Removed. occupied yeah. or right. thinking about something else and, like, asking her if she wants to go to the party. But uh, this Charlotte is the only one of any damn sense in this whole book because she's like, should you be going? <laughs> um, like – no one – and, and that's where I got pissed off with Bart is, like, yes, he called back and apologized, but he got kind of condescending with her. He's like, you know, Christy. You do exaggerate. You do exaggerate, which, first of all, does she? Is that something that we have established? I mean – No. I mean, like, she talks a big game, but she's always telling the truth and he, not really exaggerating. And she's not prone to, like, hysteria or exaggeration or, like uh, – Blowing things up out of proportion. Right. I mean, she takes things maybe a little bit more seriously. So I have, since I haven't really been like reading the books along with you guys. So I just kind of assumed that that was true. So that's yeah. probably why my like, I was just like the fact that he like called that he like stated why mm. he may have stated that. And she yeah. was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like compared to c- with the compared comparison to Logan. being Marianne and Logan. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you both are idiots. And like the, the whole thing with Logan, I mean, we've we've established over and over again that he sucks a lot more than we remembered him yes, sucking. Yes, hundred percent. And like the thing is, I do get it. If he would be hurt, I would be mm-hmm. hurt. If like you know me better than that, why is your first reaction that I stood you up and not? Especially in a book where people literally right. go missing, is something wrong. That, that that you know your first instinct would be, you know, oh my god, did, did something happen to you? Or so doesn't the library have a phone? Call him. Yeah, this yeah. is not or totally complicated. Logan, Logan asked for the number. Right, exactly. Like, you babysit for the Perkinses. I'm sure you can call there yourself. Why does Dawn have to relay your message? It, but at the same time, the minute he realized, oh, Dawn didn't tell her right. she was reacting, of course that would be one of the things that she thinks, especially as a kid. Like, I can see, like I said, I can see being upset at first. The child whose mother died is allowed to have abandonment issues. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Oh, very good exactly. Uh, and the way he still is like, I'm just so disappointed in you. Like, Fuck what? off, Logan. Exactly. It makes Logan's more sense. Worst. So we've talked before about, well, me and you, my mom didn't like some of the Babysitter's Club books. And specifically the one where Logan is like with her on a babysitting job. Because yes. at 13, my mom thought that that was inappropriate, which she's not wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But also, I'm just like, maybe my mom just really knew Logan sucked. <laughs> <laughs> she could just tell. Right? Like, I, I don't know how much of, of our Logan disdain is like, or, or my, I should say mine, but, uh, you know, I'll lump you all in. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much of it is just, you know, adult eyes looking at a 13-year-old relationship and how much of it is 2022 20, eyes looking at, you know, I think 1980s, it's 90s. adult because it, because, I mean, that's part of the thing, like, with. Bart and Christy, they're speaking honestly to each other. 
she's not taking offense. She's not getting super defensive. Like whether or not that's true, like in my mind, I, since I hadn't read books, I thought that it was true. Like they're communicating, like Mm -hmm. there's a mutual respect there. Like I like, I'm sorry that I gave you crap because I know I'm wrong now. Whereas like with those two, it's like, they're both defensive. They're both like all their insecurities are wildly on display. I think it's an adult thing, but also it's like, who are, they learn this by modeling behavior. So like, who are they modeling that off of? And just like every time Logan has been around so mm-hmm. far, we've not seen any, I like, I genuinely remember thinking that Logan and Marianne were super romantic. We've not seen one no. romantic it's thing not about. coming across in no. a reread. <laughs> it's, it's coming across as, as they have fights or like disagreements or petty jealousies. And I'm like. I mean, I really do feel like the movie like retroactively fair you know like because mm-hmm. i i feel like looking back and as we've been rereading these i don't have as many like distinct memories of logan from the books you're right but i do obviously have much more feelings about him as a character in the movie and so i think that that maybe for me at least sort of colored my recollections of logan so like from a book perspective i just sort of remembered him fondly because of the movie and didn't really think too much specifically about him in the books and so actually focusing on him in the books as we've been doing this is like oh yeah you you kind of suck you are not the logan from the movie yeah. and that oh go ahead I was going to say, I I, rem- I can visualize the Logan from the movie, but I don't really mm-hmm. remember too much of, like, I, I remember the whole Koki wanting him and him being very lo- loyal to Marianne. But I think for me, my my more, like, Logan memory was just that the book told us over and over again how sweet That's Logan true. and Marianne uh, were, and I didn't have the wherewithal at the time to, to question that at all. Right. It, just, it was tell, don't show. And yeah. you didn't read into that because you were a child. Yeah, because they told me over and over again how sweet it was. That's so true. obviously it must that must be true. Um, and, you know, she's one of the steady boyfriend and they're so great. And okay, okay but we don't see that ever. Right. It sucks. Sorry. No, I was going to go on to like guys that suck. Like uh, <laughs> Stacy's dad, Ugh. like all that made me realize, oh, so you guys got divorced because you were so selfish yes like that just made me it just made me i'm like because i know neither of you want kids but i want kids and it made me like think about like if my kid had like something like their friends were missing like how like right how can you not like want to take her home immediately so she can try to 13 year old so that's why i said i said like call her mom find out the actual right is she being dramatic or is this real yeah I was kind of happy, like when she went got on the train to go home. My first thought was that she had just right done away. it herself. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, and I'm happy that she didn't. I, but I wish she would have pre-written the letter and left it for her yeah. dad. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought Stacy did did well for herself, and I actually I thought her mom's reaction was like the appropriate parent reaction like oh crap we've kind of like failed our kid yeah yeah and i i mean to their credit he did come back and say yep you're right but like again you shouldn't need a 13 year old right. to point out that you're being that shitty and like that's a that's a pretty common thing we've seen over and over again we and we've commented on a number of times yeah. that like by just just the the service of the books the and the plots and the and the whole point of it to begin with you know, the girls are often too wise for their years and, like, imparting wisdom upon these grown adults. <laughs> you know, I, I just always go back to the Barretts, you know, and yeah. Dawn really taking it upon herself to, you know, explain how to be a mom. Like, yeah. that kind of thing is, 
is a little ridiculous, but I get it. I get Mm -hmm. that. And that is, but I don't, what's interesting about that whole plot line though, is I don't remember that at all. I don't really remember, you know, like Stacy having a lot of feelings about the divorce. I don't remember them Mm -hmm. treating her shitty. I just, it was, they got divorced and that was that. And I wonder how much of that is not having a context for it as a kid. And just having it, you know, go over my head because... Right. It wasn't something that you'd focus on because it wasn't a, something you had any experience with. And it just didn't have any emotional resonance with me. Yeah. It was just, oh, parents are unreasonable, you know, yeah. they don't take me seriously. Like, that I probably latched on to. But the the part where Stacy's talking about how she's feeling used as a pawn in the divorce, mm-hmm. yeah. I, that that's, that's that great. in the middle. Like, yeah. yeah. I wish we would have had more of that conversation right. and less of, like, stupid plot driven i mean even the resolution that she finds a mirror on this and a big enough mirror like in the illustrations in the book it's huge huge. it's like a dinner plate or larger yeah like where did that even come from because there's literally nothing else they found they've they've explored a decent amount of this island there's no wreckage there's no food there's no water even like but there is this huge broken mirror in the middle of the woods for some reason like i said it's deus ex broken mirror in the woods yeah like there is literally no reason that that happened other than this book is getting a little long we're almost to chapter 23 and we got to get them home before then so when i can't because i read your like plot synopsis before i'd like finished the very end of the book and my assumption was that she had brought like a compact with her because she had put on makeup and then like she remet that would, that would make more sense. That. <laughs> yeah. and like i thought that was gonna be the thing yeah but. and like i like that the instinct was to have them have agency in their own rescue mm-hmm. like that totally on board for it you know i i, I appreciated that something that they were doing was was how they got found yeah but like you said do it through something that they have brought or they have like an actual action from them other than just oh i found this magical mirror in the middle of nowhere well because when they get to the island jeff has smartly wrapped all of the stuff from don's Mm -hmm. boat thrown it into claudia's and then they do an inventory of like we've got 15 candy bars we've got a two liter of coke we've got a blanket we've got you know a whole laundry list of things and like it would have been really cool to be like oh and claudia's makeup bag and they don't think about it it. and then she realizes like oh yeah i have have my compact in there and like she doesn't even think about it because she was putting on makeup before and then like oh the kids show up I just got to throw it in you know whatever Mm -hmm. under seat storage and like it would have made way more sense than like here's a random mirror that has no other like wreckage like who put this mirror here right like why why are you finding it what is it doing there you know what's funny is I didn't even go there and that's so much smarter but I was what all I could think is these are like rental boats they made a big deal out of the life jackets which at least thank goodness for that but like wouldn't there be some kind of an emergency kit or like a flare or like there was remember and they said there was only like seven matches or like it was and a safety pin and string it was very like depleted and so they're like i'm gonna have to have a word with the community center about that it's like no another opportunity we're gonna have to have a lot of words with the community community center center. yeah like talk about a loss i think sailing is done for the community center i think the community center might cut their losses and just be like we don't exist we don't even teach like sewing classes a like, very logistically san- san- blah, blah, blah. like the one <laughs> boat got wrecked so there's going to be an insurance claim and then when the insurance investigation like finds out everything that had happened it's like, <laughs> like you're done yeah sailing's definitely gonna be done because none of them boats are gonna be insured shut it yeah. down like but uh, i could think like i or i was thinking you know what would have made more sense or what would have i liked and it's like it would have been maybe interesting if they had like one flare and they knew we had like one, one shot chance, to do it yeah. and then there could have been conflict around you know mm-hmm. when do we 
put it off? Do we do it now? Do we wait, you know, and, and have them have to like have some of that tension around how do we know when the right time to do this right. is? How do, you know, and then maybe have even have some disagreement, have somebody panic and like, I don't know. I'm writing a whole different well, book in my head. No, I like, I, I agree because like also in that emergency kit, like I can't believe there wasn't a nautical map. Yeah. Like that mapped out where these islands right. are, and they could maybe have had some sort of and a compass, like you said, like, yeah. a, the the bare bones. Right. Like I just the very fact that they didn't have a compass at all to do a sailing race that I feel that feels like one hundred and one to me. Like you don't get on yeah. a boat, you need to make sure you're on course. Yeah. Well, and especially since they do point out that like even from Greenpoint Island, you can't see the mainland because and they can't see the mainland from their nine o'clock island either so it's like it's far enough away from the coast of the united states that like you should have a compass because you can't just do it by sight like if if everything else is perfect and you know sight is sight lines are Mm -hmm. completely clear there's Mm -hmm. no haze it's you know sunny if you can't see the land like you need something to be able to say i've never been sailing but i can at least tell you that right and even if you can because if you're going like northwest instead of like due west like maybe you hit another freaking island right yeah like Dum dums. <laughs> but yeah. also this is completely non like anything. When Christy was talking and using proper use of whom, <laughs> I was rolling. I was like, no way they have this level of like grammatical like whom. I, literally I am have an English degree and I still am like, wait, whom is that right? Whom I, was do like, I, use whom? I was like, that's one, that's a lot of prepositional phrases. And two, <laughs> who uses whom? Yeah, nobody. Not 13-year-olds named Christy Thomas. <laughs> Although I would buy that Christy, like, that might be one of those, like, fun facts that, like, Christy learned and then uses it oh, to, like, feel superior. True. But then I feel like it would have been a plot point. Like, somebody would have been like, whom? And she's like, it's proper language, well, you know. Or maybe that's more of a Karen moment. But even still, like. Oh, Karen, it's your boyfriend. You told me not to announce that anymore. <laughs> and, and, like, are they boyfriend and girlfriend they, that that has not been established yet there she always was I like that's just karen well no but because christy's talking about like will i ever see him again and she's like worried about this is the end of their relationship mm-hmm. and i was like you guys haven't actually gotten there yet like we haven't had bart loves christy or christy loves bart or whatever christy's that. mystery admirer thank you uh, <laughs> it's in like four bucks yes yeah. <laughs> but right it hasn't happened we see yet. each other sometimes right is that what like yeah yeah i mean i guess sound- so when we had the first, like, you know, Christy and the Walking Disaster, and they sort of meet each other, and there's a little bit of that, like, okay, will they, 30. won't they vibe with them? And, like, like, he walks other. her home after a game. And, like, so there's at least that. But, like, looking back, I mean, we'll get to Christy's Mystery Admirer, because yes. that is my favorite book. But, like, at that point, I think I had sort of forgotten how the Bart stuff was already happening. Like, yeah. it didn't, it doesn't, like, retroactively now I'm, like, why was that a thing? Like, why Why would he be sending her secret admirer notes yeah. if they're already, like, talking on the phone regularly? The, it just because felt way more established in this oh. book than it has it, yeah. from where we were. Okay. Like, it, like they, yes, there were, were definitely, like, I was about to say sniffing around each other. And <laughs> <laughs> but kind of. They were kind of, like, circling each other. And, 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 in fact, in Christie's Walking Disaster, remember, she sort of isn't even sure if she really likes him like that and like how it is like that's part of her conversation with herself which i think leads to a lot of that um queer identifying you know like looking at do i like this i i definitely feel something around this guy but is it just what i feel around my girlfriends or is Mm -hmm. it different or how do i know the difference Mm -hmm. i want to impress him but you know 
I is it just because of the softball? Exactly. Am I feeling this? Am I telling myself I'm feeling this way because like Marianne has a boyfriend and Claudia and Stacy are very into boys? Like, yeah. am I supposed to be feeling this way? So maybe I do feel this way. Exactly. Yeah. It was very much more, you know, because they. I think it was very intentionally done so as a contrast to the Marianne mm-hmm. and Logan that was like an immediate like, oh, we like each other. We're going out. You know, the end. Where this was more of a we are going to sort of one step forward, two steps back, Mm -hmm. try to just sort of take it a little bit more slow. So I was already a little bit like confused why this was so intense in the first place. Yeah, And even I get, yes, he did call back and apologize. And again, leaving aside, you know, whether he was right or wrong about the exaggerating thing. Again, this would have been a massive news story. (laughs) And even if it weren't, well, that's because he, until he watched the news, it was the news that made him realize you're right. But even still, if someone, if someone in your literal town, not let alone six, someone's that are all underage. I I, I forget. Like, I think I always thought like he was like in a different neighborhood. Like, I mean, he's in the fancy neighborhood where Christy lives now, but like they all still live in Stony Brook. I I guess I meant like not Stony Brook. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's still, it's still the same area. And even, even leaving all that up, even if he hadn't heard a thing, which he had to have been living under a rock. Right. But even if he hadn't, if someone you care about in any way is that they're, they're calling her his boyfriend, calls you and says, two of my friends are missing along with four children, and I don't think we should have a baseball game, and your response is, F you. Like, clearly you're just afraid you're going to lose yeah. again. Like, yeah, what? like, not even, that's it, even, not even just being upset about being canceled, but, like, literally saying that it's because you're in awe of my superiority. Like, fuck you, dude. Fuck you straight I still to hell. Think Logan's worse. Oh, I, oh, Logan agree. is a hundred percent worse. But a million times worse. I think I was more upset with Bart in this one because we have not seen that of Bart okay. since to this point. He's been a good guy. Yeah, generally even, pretty good. Even around the crushers, like I mean, he got a little like competitive and stuff, but but was not. Uh, yeah, the issues with Bart previously was more like Christy reading into things. Like she yeah. thought that Bart was trying to like sabotage her team, mm. and it was like, no, like my kids were actually just like getting nervous that your kids were improving, and they wanted to see what the competition looked like. Not that they were trying to like scare your kids or anything. Like, yeah, it was they, more like that. It was more misunderstandings. Whereas here, Bart's like legitimately being a dick. <laughs> and the whole point was the reason she liked him so much was that he respected her talent, and that he yeah. respected mm. her and what she was doing with her her team. So for that, that to to then just flip to this, oh, you just are afraid of my superiority. Right. And and telling her, (laughs) it's irresponsible for her to cancel it. And she's going to be disappointing so many kids. Like, pretty sure most of these kids are disappointed that their favorite babysitters and friends are missing. Irresponsible, like, that part, like, where Christy got, like, super mad. Like, I was, I did. Yeah. And I, I think it was just by that point also, it had been so many people just being so dismissive about the situation to this point. I was like, have you all smoked crack? Like, there are children that have been missing for over 24 hours, and everyone is still sort of like, Meh. I mean, we should really go to this Broadway play. I bought tickets. <laughs> it was really hard for me to get these. They cost $75. Yeah. That, well, that <laughs> in and of itself. I was like, oh, boy, those were the days. Wait, but- did he actually say the price in the book? No, I think he did in the. Did you have the? I think so. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they took that out because they usually take out the um, like anything to do with like pricing or stuff well, like I that. Also, uh, since I was reading on my Kindle, I didn't read the what the girls wrote because it just, it's it's so hard I, to I read. Couldn't. 
Jesse's handwriting I is a nightmare. It. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, like, but, but it is impossible to read. Front and end swoops, whatever it's so they're swoopy. called. I can't. And Claudia's Dawn's handwriting is, is so small. Dawn's is great. Stacy's is great. I hate Stacy's hearts. Oh, I, I did that back in the day because I loved Stacy so much. Yeah. Well, but her handwriting is easy to read. Yes. Even I mean, even on the train when it, it, they like intentionally made it look, she's like, "I'm writing this from the train," and they made it look like squiggly. Yeah, like, I thought that was that was a nice touch. But at least it's it's legible. But like you're right, Claudia's is so small, and between that and the spelling mistakes, which I don't well, I understand people can be terrible spellers. I don't buy all of those spelling no. mistakes and her okay. inconsistencies in misspellings in, a, in, in the yes. same yes. sentence. It's like you can't. If you're going to use the wrong two, just use the wrong, the same wrong two throughout your sentence. Like, there's exactly. no reason for you to change that. Or, like, that's the one that pops to mind the most because it's, like, in the same sentence, it'll be, like, T-W-O, T-O, T-O-O. And it's, well, like, also, you're no not one's, using no different versions. the number. You're going to confuse yeah. T-O and T-O-O. That's it. You will not confuse the number with either of those. Right. She's not a freaking idiot. Right. Yeah. I mean, they go out of their way to talk about how, I mean, that's, like we said, one of the big plots is her, you know, finding her strength in, in not necessarily in book smarts, but in mm. practicality and street smarts or <laughs> island smarts. I, well, and it's funny because it's like, since she is an artist, it, pro- it for me, it follows. Because yeah. it's creative problem solving. Right. 100% like, that You tracks. see the materials that you have in front of you and you figure out how to create visually or otherwise what you're seeking to create. So like, it makes sense that she could visualize that and have some sort of like spatial awareness of like, okay, we need these stakes here mm-hmm. and we yeah. can use this. Like, it makes sense. And I also didn't like that, like, Dawn had to not be strong for Claudia to, like, get to that point. Because, like, Claudia didn't take charge because Claudia was, fa- or because Dawn was, like, falling apart. Yeah. Claudia just, like, saw something that needed to be done and did it. Mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't like, Dawn, what should we do? And then Dawn was, like, cowering in a right. corner. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like, know. You have oh, to well, I guess I better put on my big girl pants and right. get to work. Like, like yeah, Claudia she was just it. like, we need water. What am I going to do to do this? And, like, and I think... To like to sort of that point, like Dawn focusing on Jamie was not her not falling being apart. strong yeah, or falling right. apart. Like they both had different strengths in right. that moment. And I think that it would have been better to acknowledge that Dawn figured out a way to be the most helpful in her way. Mm-hmm. And yes. Claudia figured out the way to be the most helpful in her way. And like they both got to be strong in different ways. Right. Not that Dawn fell apart. Like you're taking care of a child with a very high fever who's hallucinating yeah. and you have basically no food. You t- you gave him all the water, and you're like, well, now we're fucked. Like, she's focusing on different things. Like, 100%. she's not, she's not especially falling apart. Jeff is, like, I'm, I'm going to say that they're the adults because they are. But, like, Jeff is essentially, like, the third adult. Right. So, like, John could focus on Jamie. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, I, again, I, I'm with you 100%, Kate. I would, that, at the end, when she was, like, complaining about falling apart or, like, how how much Claudia had to step up because she wasn't the strong one. I was like, did we wait? What? Right, what when are you did, talking when about? did that happen? <laughs> and like, I I remember liking Dawn a lot more. Speaking of remembering people, she's kind of a pill, um, and yes. just sort of self centered and like I, I don't know. I, and I don't know if this is I don't know if that's for this is plot reasons, but you know, coming off of Dawn and the Wicked Stepsister, where you know, as we talked about, she just. Full on gaslights Marianne, and and then is you know, well I got what I wanted, so nope, everything's great, all good there. <laughs> the ends know. justify the means. Yeah, I and yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous that I, I have a 
skewed memory of who I think Don actually is. I don't think that you do because we have had many conversations about plot points where we have declared her to be the best friend in You're the right. Babysitter's Club. So right. I think that we are just need to give her the space to sometimes not be great because yeah. all of our girls have had opportunities to be terrible versions of themselves. Yeah. And have very true. Grabbed, grabbed that you know, with a plum and run with it. So and this I, is Dawn's opportunity to be a terrible friend. And person. I think some of her, like, um, selfishness arises because she holds herself to very high standards. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. like... So she she feels like she did fall apart, even though right. objectively she didn't. And right. I wish but maybe that would have been the, the, like, Her resolution. mom should have been more clear mm-hmm. about that because... She didn't fall apart. No. And she was strong, just not strong in the way that Dawn expected herself to be strong in an right. emergency situation. Well, well, and then, like, also, like, we talk about, like, Dawn's response. She's kind of like a dichotomy because we talk about her responsibility, but she's also supposed to be this laid-back, like, California girl. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. there are those, like, flip-flops. But when she would, like, her forgetting to call Logan, none of that situation was her fault. But that's also out of character. Yeah. 100%. Like, she would have, like, written it down and, like, to remind herself right. or something. Like, or at the very least, the second Marianne came in, she wouldn't, like, been, wait, wait, like, hold right. back. Like, that was, and I think the more I, uh, we're, we're talking our way through it, the less that has to do with actually Dawn's character and more plot shenanigans yeah. that mm-hmm. were necessary to, like, put these pieces in place. Right. But it is, like you said, I think it's disappointing that the, the resolution for Dawn was sometimes it's okay to not be the strong one and let somebody else take the lead and not you guys both brought what, you know, special things to the table. And the thing, I think the thing that's so frustrating for me about this is that there's a lot here that I really do like. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great stuff around, um, you know, how they managed on the Island, how they managed at home, like the ways that you, respond in um in in pressure situations the way you respond when when you don't know what's happening Mm -hmm. and like i loved all the emphasis on even though it was pretty subtle when they're talking about like trying to spell help with the clams like recognizing pretty instantaneously this isn't going to really do anything but you know what it's making the kids feel better it's that they're doing something yes it's giving us something to focus on And, and like if all of that is good. Again, if they would have left them there under more realistic circumstances, if the adults in the world had taken it more seriously. And I think, again, in remembering who this book is actually aimed at, <laughs> it makes sense that no one is like having the real world adult freak out we would be having if that were really what was going on because that's not what these books are well, or right. trying to do. Because you know that they're going to be fine. Exactly. Because it's, it's a babysitter's club book and this is like number what, right? And there's how many? So it's exactly. like, that's not the demise of the babysitter's club. Right. We literally have hundreds <laughs> of books to go. Yeah. This, they weren't like, oh, you know when, how we should end this? Two of the girls die on an yeah. island with four children. Yeah, exactly. This and isn't Grey's the Anatomy. But <laughs> to, to that point, like, like you said, one, a school trip or something would have made a lot more sense from a adult responsibility standpoint. And two... They should have been on there for less than 48 hours. Yes. They should have been found within, like, 24, like, maybe 18. Maybe one Maybe night. one overnight. Yeah. And one, then they get rescued overnight. the next morning. And, but, and also, like, them having to, like, get out of the boat in a storm and cling to another boat. Like, that yeah. was, like, that was where I had to remind myself, they're not going to die. Yeah. This right. is the children's book. It was harrowing. I it was, was very nervous. harrowing. Yeah. And, and that is so 
so out of step tone wise with mm-hmm. the, all the rest of the books where the stakes are minimal and, mm-hmm. and, and not, I don't want to say minimal because they're, they're important stakes. Like Stacy, but they're important 13 year old stakes. And right? they're not an important, yes. human, exactly. An important human and like emotional stakes. Like Stacy being felt feeling like a pawn in her parents' divorce and feeling like mm-hmm. it's not about her and it's about winning and blah, blah, blah. That's, those are big stakes. That's yeah. life and death stakes. Yeah. Or not life and death, but like life life's stakes. Right. Yeah. Important. Big. And, and totally worthy of, of a book and real real consideration. So it just feels cheap. Like, I don't know. And especially for this early in the run, like you said, of, of mm-hmm. the books. Like, this is the fourth super special. Right. This would have made it so much more sense if we're like scraping the bottom of the barrel, yeah. like twenty, but super special twenty. Like, ah, oh, I guess they're gonna get stuck on a desert island, right? right. Like even great because I made the Grey's Anatomy joke, but even Grey's Anatomy didn't go for plane crashes and like yeah. uh, until we got like twelve seasons in, and they're like, oh and shit, we're still on the right. air. Maybe this is maybe. So I, I'm like talking myself out of it, like while I'm thinking through it. It's like if you wanted to do a life and death stakes book, so maybe they did it this way because it's so out of the realm of possibility. But I'm like. Stacy has a life-threatening disease. Like, you right? could do a life and death stakes. Like, it's, especially in the 80s, it would have been very easy mm-hmm. for her blood sugar to get out of whack and for her to end up in the hospital. And I think we're getting to that. Like, they, yeah, they, they definitely, keep they've been dropping breadcrumbs of Stacey and I don't really, having something yeah. being off. So it's probably going to happen at some point. But, but yeah, that's a much more, like, 13-year-old life and death situation then, mm-hmm. hey, what if we go sailing and end up on an island and have to survive for two whole days? Yeah. Well, especially because the books are, to this point, I- I've taken them to be written as relatable, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. so the kids can see themselves, maybe slightly heightened versions, you know, and we've, we talked about how, you know, modeling behavior, so right. sort of a step above. But, like, a kid could see themselves um, in a pond for a divorce or end up in the hospital or their friend ends up in the hospital or somebody's family member dies or, you know, all of these things that have happened to this point, you know, what's not relatable that two of my friends go missing for 48 hours. That's something that's never occurred in my, in my life. And I mean, I guess it could occur for some people, but like, not for, not to the same degree as like your parents getting divorced. If they go missing, it's probably not because they're on an Island. It's probably for a much more, Dark, dark yeah. reason, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it could be related to a divorce and kidnapping, but once again, darker reason. Yeah. Oh, and actually, that was a plot point, wasn't it? When oh when yeah, the, the one buddy, well, yeah. Barrett got picked up, and it was—I mean, it was a, a misunderstanding, lesson. but it was. Yeah. And he got to go to the amusement park, so it was great for Buddy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not not so much on a desert island. I do. Um, I do appreciate that they like sort of hinted at that there were darker versions of, of what would happen on that island. Isn't the K, like, really dark? Yes, the K is super okay. dark. So that's why I think that they, like, threw that in there to be like, it's not that. <laughs> but... Ah, uh, good old Timothy. At, at the end, or, or like, day three on island, on the island, the, that Monday, when they're, like, thinking about the water, and, and there is a pretty harrowing moment where Claudia's like, oh, my God, we're going to have to survive. And I was like, oh, my God. That it never should have gotten to that point. No. Right. That's it. Yeah. Should have been remained for the kids on the island a fun adventure. Like even Jamie getting sick was a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like it, it. In order for the for this plot to have worked on a like fun super special scale, it should have been they got left behind. Um, 
nobody realized it. Oh, we're kind of more like uh, mixed up files of Basil E. Frank Weiler where, oh, you know, museum. you're alone in the museum and, and it's a fun and exciting, right. a little bit scary, mm-hmm. but more about the exploration right. and like having a good time. And like Claudia and Dawn could have been going, ooh, this is, I mean, the kids don't know how bad this is, but we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And like have them just start to realize that this is not a great situation when they get rescued, right. yeah. not having all their water, water gone and right. they're one of the kids like like you said freaking hallucinating right. like it just I, it was about i don't know i'd say five to ten steps yeah over right well because if it was a situation like like talking through the like getting left behind situation like if they're all you know there's like a boat trip out to greenpoint island even which is mm-hmm. sounds like it's more you know it's probably got some like picnic shelters that kind of thing but like they get left behind and then a storm blows in so that they they, they re- the, the people as soon as they get back to uh stony brook realize like oh no these six kids got left behind we got to go back there's a huge storm they can't until the next day so they have yeah. an overnight mm-hmm. and like they the girls make it an adventure for the kids like right. oh we get to sleep in this picnic tent like this is going to be exactly. so fun and they maybe have food and water they don't have to worry about like finding that maybe they're you know they do have to like worry about making a fire but they have the supplies and like right. yeah. so it's more like you said an adventure you see, not like you could a see harrowing. Jeff still deciding to go fishing yeah right or like, or like Claudia even, like being like oh my god what if we run out of like you right can you see can like still a child's have... imagination running so maybe exactly. she still sets up the water collection thing but it's not out of necessity right yeah they're not literally out of water yeah it, yeah the stakes of, of that working are not quite so high maybe mm-hmm. it's more you right know, like when the one corner of the tarp goes out and all of their water is lost and it's like oh shit is it gonna rain again before they drink all the rest of the water that they were able to collect before it collapsed like exactly there's all those like little things where it's like oh my god like you know they're not gonna die because it's a babysitter's club book but it's right. like are they gonna die on this island <laughs> and like even the jamie being sick thing could have been in that instance too, that but like a cold, and right. maybe it makes him miserable right. and like cryy, and one of the babysitters right. has but to he's like not hallucinating snakes and monsters. Huge, that's such a high fever if you're hallucinating. Yeah, and especially as a four year old, like though, I, I don't know. All of it just was so so over the top. It just felt so out of place for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And and like we said, there's so much good there there, and and even when we get to the you know when we get to the end. Uh, the last chapter when they sort of like wrap it all up about the lessons we've learned and, you know, how we reacted to different things. Even that was all good because it was, I think that's the problem is why I was so frustrated with the adults treating it with such blase attitudes is they were treating it at the level that it should have been. Right. Oh, yeah. But the actual plot was right. about it, 20 p- It needed feet. to be somewhere between like the overplaying of like Connecticut disaster and where the adults were. It needed to be somewhere in between there how they actually were reacting and like going back to our our like showing up in the newspaper um discussion it would have made sense if it was on the level of like a hudson hub right article versus cnn and like right yeah and yeah 24 like hour every news, news. Yeah. it wasn't the actual newspaper article like in like the stony brook newspaper like it yeah. was in the very local like newspaper it wasn't in like what Stanford, Stanford or Stanford the, yeah. Thing, yeah, exactly. It it was the local stuff and that, yeah. It just mis miscalibrated. Yeah, yes. In in a in a really weird direction. I, I'm really now. I'm so curious. I can't wait to see if other ones you know mm-hmm. are that dramatically mm-hmm. into that, or if we course correct back to you know yeah 
well, Miriam the, thinks there's the a ghost snow, in the lodge. What is it? Snowbound? Snowbound. Like some of them are trapped in houses with children without parents and dwindling food supplies. Well, I, I do remember that, but that's true. So because another series that was like concurrent with like this being published was the boxcar children and the boxcar children, their origination was getting horrifying. like, was yeah. horrifying. So like really high stakes type stuff kind of makes more sense in that world yeah. as opposed yes. to the babies. <laughs> These are wealthy, privileged, right? Like happy and bad things happen. Yeah. But not like this type of bad thing. Like, well, generally speaking. I mean, in in the world of these books, obviously, yeah. you know, wealth and privilege does not protect you protect from you. life. Exactly. And in these books, they're gentle. Gentle right. is the word I keep coming yeah, back yeah, to. This is, yeah. this is anything but gentle. And it it is jarring. And I can't even, I, I, I don't know if maybe I just blocked this out as a kid or, because I, I must have read it. This was mm-hmm. firmly when I was in the reading. I definitely didn't read this one. But I, I, none of this was really coming back to me, yeah. the the level of, or, and again, you know, the same thing that we're talking about with the Logan thing, maybe we are just reading this with adult eyes yeah. and are like able to have that logic and we have more experience and go, wait, no, this is very, very, very serious. Whereas a kid reading it might've just treated it like the kids on the island and thinking yeah. of it at, for the most part, a fun adventure. Well, two of-, of my recollections as I was rereading it again now as like an actual adult, thinking back to when I was a kid reading it, there was one thing that I remembered distinctly from reading it and being very concerned that was going to be a major issue for me. And one thing that I do not remember noticing at all as a kid that I really noticed this time. So the first thing is on their first sailing adventure, um, Claudia is not dressed appropriately and one yes. of her earrings gets caught on the sail. I'm yes. your and I was... Lope. So terrified. And I still have, and maybe it stems from this, or maybe it's just because I'm afraid that my earring's going to get ripped out. But like, I have that. I I have always been terrified. And I read these books before I even had my ears pierced. I didn't get my ears pierced until I was like 12. So I had long read this book before. And so before I even got my ears pierced, I was concerned about my earring getting caught on something and getting ripped out. And that reading of that description, I was like, that's where that came from. So the second one is pretty dark and ties into the like parental terribleness in this Sharon at one point is lamenting that oh, yeah. Dawn yeah. is going to be taken away from her and she's never going to get to see Jeff again and yep. like I had no recollection of reading that as a child because uh, sort of like with you like talking about like divorce comment. like it was just yeah. not something that I right it's like a, a one like one sentence paragraph but like that was not something that would have mm-hmm. even registered with me as a child and so reading that I was like holy shit you know what actually I your comment on that makes me sometimes makes me think a little bit like because we are reading this from a 13-year-old's perspective, maybe the adults were appropriately freaking out. If, if she's having that level of That's reaction. And, and we've had that conversation in other books, because, too. Like, You're right. Because it was so passing. Like, who – Marianne clearly wasn't supposed to hear that conversation. Right. So, perhaps, I literally wrote, holy shit, dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so, one of the things I was laughing at, well, you're like – I thought you were going to the same place as I was thinking, but I like see those memes. Like I thought quicksand was going to be a lot bigger problem. Yes, I mean, like, like, immediately too. like I did have like a thought that like, so Swiss family Robinson was one of my absolute yeah. favorite movies. So like, I thought the potential of getting caught on like a desert Island was much yeah. more, a higher probability than yeah, my life. Right. <laughs> Living in Cincinnati, you're definitely going to end up right. on a desert Island. <laughs> So, like, I don't know. I guess in some ways, like, that does play into, like, that 13-year-old. I was probably younger when I thought yeah. that, which younger audience. But, like, so 
I don't know. I guess you could go, you could go so many different ways on this. Like for a 13 year old, that might seem like a very real concern. Um, Yeah, you're right. And maybe they were like, we have talked about that, that we are only, we're processing it through the kids. But, and then I go back to like Stacy's dad's, we're still going to the play and Charlotte's parents going to. He can still be the worst. Yes. Fair enough. But there's, there's enough like, discrepancy between um actual human reaction Mm -hmm. and and just how the kids are describing it so i think stacy's dad is the worst the johansons i don't fault because once again like if you can't do anything sitting around worrying is not is not helpful Mm -hmm. so you do what you can it wasn't like a fundraiser or something yeah like like a work picnic yeah so like their reaction was a little like I did appreciate Charlotte going, How could you? Yeah. Like I appreciated <laughs> it. And also it's like if you can't do anything, you you have to do live as normally as possible. Right. So that yeah, like the world doesn't stop, especially if it's not someone that you have like Right. Yeah. From and an adult perspective. And force her to go. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I I mean that's true. Like, you know, if it was a work event and that he had to be there, it's not right. like Sorry, my daughter's friends. Well, I don't know. Again, my daughter's friends. It's a reasonable are... excuse. Yeah. But I, I can see both sides of their particular reaction. Yeah. It's a very reasonable excuse if they didn't go. And also, I can see you you still have to do the things. Yeah. Right. You, you have to just keep going. Yeah. Regardless. And also, I'm sure to a certain extent, all the adults are like, ha- there's a certain level of, of course, they're going to be found. Like, you know, when you live in a world where most things go right. You have mm-hmm. the privilege mm-hmm. of being able to think that, like, I mean, the Coast Guard's already been called. Like, there's civilians, like, the Pikes taking boats out. Like, they're going to be found. It's fine. What's the worst that could happen? I and, mean, they could die. But. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that makes sense at first, like, why no one would immediately leap to, this yeah. is terrible. But th- I think, the the as we pinpointed earlier, that the, that 48 hours is way yes, too long. way yeah. too long. Way too long. Um, speaking of time, this is not really important, but going back to my prediction where I was like, we're back in summer. We're not, at least <laughs> thankfully, timeline wise. It's just a long weekend. Yeah. They don't specify which long weekend. Did you notice that? I'm yeah. thinking Memorial Day. Uh, maybe, but I mean, if the kids are swimming in the Atlantic Ocean, it's got to be close to summer because yeah. the Atlantic Ocean is cold. I mean, it'd still be very cold in Memorial Day. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely not like President's Day. Because they Day were weekend. chilly. Remember, <laughs> sure. like, they're with yeah, the blue and stuff. That's true. Maybe but it's not Labor like Day. It's President's Day. <laughs> Maybe Labor Day. Maybe they had just gone back to school because you know sometimes Labor Day uh, is early. You yeah, know, earlier in the. Is it always the same time in August? I don't know. It's I never in September. Know. It's always the first Monday in September. So no, literally not did not. So it's not in August. Never mind. Wow. And, and I think a lot of East Coast schools go back after Labor Day. Yeah. Which would make sense. I mean, way back when most schools went back after Labor Day. Yeah, I feel like. Either way, I did note. It was not a summer vacation. However, they very conspicuously did not place it in any particular time. Yeah. I think they're getting much better about that right. in just terms of generic. It's tests. a long weekend. Exactly. The problem is going to come in when we, we do get to the, like we talked about, the 17 Halloween dances and the 14 <laughs> Valentine's Days. When it's like an actual holiday that you can't. Right. You can't just like, like it's fudge. a generic holiday. Exactly. Like, it's a holiday dance. Like no specification as to which. <laughs> Non-denominational holiday dance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like we've sort of beat the the dead horse about how ridiculous it is. In it terms is very of- ridiculous. I mean, I will say, and it might just be because I've read this one like a hundred times. 
I still really love this book. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As far as, like, and I I mean, it sounds like you guys did too. It's just, like, we definitely had a lot to focus on, on, like, the stupidity of people and the, like, terrible reactions of people. But, like, taking out the, (laughs) the, like, disproportionate reactions, I think maybe if you just, like, focus on the island stuff, Mm -hmm. I think that's the part that I always really love. Because, like, Mm -hmm. if you just look at the Dawn and Claudia parts and, like, they're making things work, they're figuring out ways to keep the kids occupied, Mm -hmm. the kids are seemingly mostly having a good time. Obviously, Jamie gets sick, but they figure out ways to deal with that. So, like, I think maybe that's... Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's Becca's biggest thing. That was one of my favorite... I eat fish! (laughs) Right. That's the thing she has to announce first. Yeah. I think that that's the thing is, like... My main reason that I loved this one, I think, so much was because I was able to maybe just let the the yes. non island stuff sort of wash they over should, me. Yeah, and they should not never stick. have been in that position. However, them being in that position was very entertaining. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I th- was entertained absolutely. I mean, I was yelling "What the fuck!" half the time, <laughs> yeah. but it was I was never bored. I was never right. like, Ugh, "This is a slog to get through." Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like the kind of angry that some of the um, parentification stuff and some of yeah. those plots that have gotten me in the past where I'm genuinely like. No, this is just bad and not and terrible messaging. This was more just like what the fuckery, right? And, and it was entertaining, yeah. Um, except for a couple of those moments where I, where like sort of borderline got harrowing, but even that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was never like I don't want to be reading this. Mm-hmm. So on that level, I was I was never bored. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, any other minor stuff? I mean, we called out that the. The Stacy foreshadowing. We briefly mentioned mm-hmm. the Aunt Cecilia foreshadowing, and I'm pretty sure that's the next book, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, I can't remember what the title is, but I'm. Pre- I know Jesse's babysitter. Jesse's babysitter. Because Aunt right. Cecilia is Jesse's babysitter. That's right. Because I remember. I do remember that book where she moves in with them, um, and that was a. Yeah. I remember that was a thing. Jesse, despite it being the next book after this one, thinks she can handle everything when her mom goes back to work. Um, despite the fact that she's an 11 year old and couldn't handle a long weekend alone. And never should have been. I just don't understand. That that was her fault. Yeah. No, but like, I mean, we don't have to re-harp on this, but like, why? That is the one of all of them. It's one thing to leave, like if you are 16 and you can drive and so you can at least get somewhere and like the emergency contact list, she had to go through several people right. before she got to Aunt Cecilia and literally no one else answered. So like, right. what if there was an emergency? Like, like I remember, not an ambulance emergency, but she needed to get somewhere. Yeah. Like, like she my can't drive. Mom, so I have many cousins. When I was born, one of my cousins who was 10 years old, like came on vacation with us and she was like, a 10 year old was watching a newborn, which my mom looks back and she's like, that's insane. <laughs> so like, she was left with me for like an hour or two. So my mom mm-hmm. could take a walk. Right. Like, it wasn't, like, yeah. it's just, like, it's just so... I think of all of the stuff, like, yes, we can chalk up Mr. McGill to being the worst. We can say that, you know, the kids, the, the parents were keeping it together so the kids didn't really realize. All of that, we, I can rationalize. There is no, no fucking way that these parents would leave an 11-year-old in charge of, of two children, including a baby, right. for a long weekend with no one home. Like, no. Aunt Cecilia should have been there from the jump. Right. Yeah. Jesse could have been pissed about it. And right. then this could have been like a, maybe they even have a fight where the parents said, yes, Becca mm-hmm. could go on this trip. And Aunt Cecilia would have been like, no, she shouldn't. And then Becca goes anyway. And that right. could have been. Or like right. Aunt Cecilia can't get there until, like her parents have to leave like first thing on Saturday morning and Aunt Cecilia won't get there till like one in the afternoon. So Jesse's baby, essentially babysitting yeah. for half a day. Right. And Becca's already left by the time. And she, and so Aunt Cecilia's like, 
you must have just yes. let her go. Like that would have made much more sense than just like, sure, three whole days of an 11 year old on her own. Just absolutely wild. That's the that's the only thing I cannot cannot get past. Um, I, would I agree. I will say though, um, one of the things that I noted that wasn't really a plot thing, but this was one of my very favorite um, introduction chapters. You know, normally, even when I was young, reading those chapters where they're like, this is Claudia and she likes junk food and art and, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. I I would always skip that chapter as a kid because you always knew when it started, okay, this is the one. You're not going to get any new information. This is who everyone is. This is what the Babysitter's Club is. Check. There's no plot. And we've we've, we've talked about that um, multiple times about how, you know, it's so that then we can pick up a book, we get it, blah, blah, blah. I thought this book actually did a really nice job of keeping the plot moving forward mm-hmm. and giving everybody something to chime in or do or say that prompted, I don't remember, it was Dawn, I think, was narrating mm-hmm. that chapter, that, you know, oh, that that's Claudia, and she does this, but then back right, to the there's plot. things happening. It's not just a several-page description of each of the girls and what they do in the Babysitter's Club. It, it was far less standalone. You couldn't just pull it out. Right. And, I mean, I mean, to be clear, I, I said I used to jump over it as a kid. I am reading <laughs> it every time for the podcast purposes. Yes. And we've talked about how it's yeah. interesting to see the differences between characters because we've started exactly. to pick up on certain people describe people differently. And and what they emphasize and right. what, you know, what is um, – for whatever reason, Dawn seems as skeptical of Janine the genius as Claudia does in this book. She calls it out like a number of times. Yeah. I was like, that was kind of a weird, what do you, Dawn, do you even like, have, you've probably interacted with Janine maybe twice. I feel like the Janine being terrible thing is sort of similar to Logan and Marianne's relationship is so great. You know, like we get a lot of other people telling us those things. And so Very I true. think, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked about that when we've talked about the Janine specific episodes where it's like, Oh, she's actually awesome. helping and being a great sister and friend and everyone but everyone keeps saying she's a terrible person. What's happening? <laughs> like and what I is guess this disconnect? From Dawn's perspective, if she has not interacted with Janine much, she, she only knows Claudia. from Claudia's That's true. perspective. But in any case, I really liked I, I liked how they did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My only other sort of random thing, um, during the storm when they're getting off of Dawn's boat into Claudia's, um, Haley is on Dawn's boat and she doesn't want to get in the water. And Haley's a little bit of a brat in this one. I mean, I'll give her that she's going through a traumatic experience, but like she's not- of all of the kids, she's the one that's like every single time is like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get in the water. What are you talking about? I have to eat fish. Like yeah. I'm going to have a temper tantrum because we're not rescued yet. Like that's going to solve nothing. But regardless, she says she doesn't want to get in the water and Dawn's like, well, you're wearing a life preserver. You don't have to plug your nose. You're not going to go underwater that is patently false if you jump wearing it it will hold you up once you pop back up but But you you will go underwater unless you like slide into the water you're going under Mm -hmm. so she was smart to plug your nose because dawn doesn't know what she's talking about bad advice dawn i'm pretty sure that i jumped off a boat one time without plugging my nose because of this probably and promptly went right underwater and came up spluttering because i was not expecting to go underwater yeah, because so. they don't – yeah, they keep you floating. They're not, like, Right, you're magic. not going to, like, stop. Yeah. Like, it would be worse <laughs> if you, like, jump in the water and it, like, catches you around the neck and you're like, okay, well, now I'm dead because my neck just broke. Yeah, gravity is still a thing. Um, e- even in the water, it's a different kind of gravity. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is buoy- buoy- buoyancy? Buoyant. Buoyancy. That, that just felt weird in my mouth. It's really weird to spell, too. Think about it. There's, like, three vowels in a row. It's awful. <sighs> It's weird. Wait, is there three? There's no. two no. and then a Y, which is sometimes a vowel. Yeah. So <laughs> this is why I love recording in person. Oh no, there's there's four because there's an O U Y A. Oh, I hate words like that. Yeah. 
I'm not a great speller either. Thank or is God. U O Y A. My high school entrance <laughs> test, I got a zero on spelling. <laughs> I don't think I got a zero, but it wasn't great. It was. It's still not something that I'm. I'm super great at. In fact, you know, we're we're so spoiled now that most of the time it's all mm-hmm. you know, computer and spell check and things. But I do train in a classroom, and you know, we'll go to write something on the whiteboard, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I have like a Rerudo moment every, <laughs> every now and then. But I do. It's so funny how that has imprinted on me the Claudia of it all, and that was one of the things I really identified with her was mm-hmm. that. Now, again, looking back. It's so inconsistent and over the top to the point of being silly. Right. But as a kid, it was very meaningful for me that, okay, just because I can't spell these things doesn't mean that I'm not smart or awesome at other things. And in fact, I kind of loved it because it meant I was even more like Claudia, who I wanted to be just like. So, you know, you you dotted your I's with hearts and (laughs) I spelled things wrong. (laughs) Yes, you you really leaned into it the same way I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm doing this on purpose. So it's 100% intentional. I just want to be like Claudia. Was there even any fashion at all? I didn't notice anything. The only fashion was sailing attire. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very exciting. But Oh, I well, and Claudia's like first yeah. outfit. Um, so the the first race, um, this is Dawn describing both of them. I had dressed properly for sailing, loose, comfortable clothing that I could move around in and that wouldn't get caught in anything. Claudia, on the other hand, couldn't help dressing up just a little. She's a real clothes horse, and I guess she wanted to look good. Clothes horse is such a weird word. It's such a weird word. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't really use that anymore, and that's good, because I would probably laugh the way I just did. (laughs) So anyway, uh, she's a real clothes horse, and I guess she wanted to look good, since she knew we'd have an audience. So she'd put on a tank top and baggy drawstring pants. Over the top, she was wearing a button-down shirt of her father's. The sleeves were rolled up, and none of the buttons were buttoned. She was also wearing big earrings that she had made herself. Claudia is quite artistic, so the thing is, she looked good, but as it turned out, she was not dressed for sailing. And they still end in a tie. So even with Claudia, Even getting her earrings stuck. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So Dawn feeling all superior about her own racing ability. Well, and I think Claudia is also winning in the their seat. second yeah. race mm-hmm. until the storm blows in. And it's like, so maybe Dawn's not so good at sailing. This is complete. Like, it was just the seriousness with which Dawn was talking there reminded me of the exercising and talking about foods that would bulk her up. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. this is such weird phrasing like yeah. to talk about carbo loading right <laughs> like, yeah especially did, because it's literally a week exactly like, i mean how much difference are you really gonna that make? is like a 13 year old like right like, i've like, heard about carbo loading right and bark, because up, like so. i don't know i remember when i started running cross country when i was 14 like we actually had to do that right? right but then i'm also like why would you like you also you've run half marathons like you taper like right you yeah. don't do it our, the night before our friday workout would not be like it was just to shake our legs out like right. because we had a race on saturday morning right like, oh, and then was, you're not eating a bunch of pasta that night because no, you right. don't want it in your stomach the next morning right. i was just that always makes me think of michael scott yeah. in the in the office yeah. when he's like carbo loading and he's like eating alfredo like two minutes before like, the, race. the race it just made starting. me laugh so hard because i was like i was happy that it was positioned in such a way that it was not body modification in any way shape yeah, or form yes that it was more like I have a goal, so I am doing these right. things to like reach my goal. So I was happy with that, but I was like, oh, "This is so ridiculous!" Right? I was, a, I did get a little nervous yeah. when they started talking about the tapes because I vividly remember those tapes and doing those tapes. I think I still have my Paula Abdul one, um, but I did like that the emphasis was eating healthy versus you know eating junk food and right. not. But you know what? Her candy bars having calorie dense. Yep. Mm-hmm 
things, that was actually good. Now, thank right. God Stacy wasn't there because that right. would have been a problem. That would have been really bad. Yeah. But, but yeah, all of Dawn's stuff had to be eaten that night because it would have right. gone bad with her I natural forgot. peanut butter. But <laughs> then I'm like, I mean, natural peanut butter doesn't have to be refrigerated, so. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. The whole fish thing grossed me out, too. And, like, did they really know? How, how did they clean those? That... Well, they wouldn't have. Yeah. That's because I was, I don't think either of you really fish. No. no. But my, so I grew up, my dad fishes, so I've gr- I grew up fishing and. Like, gutting a fish is disgusting. And you have to scrape off the scales because they're very sharp. And, like, maybe they weren't doing it and they were just, like, um, you know, scoring it and then, like, flipping it open to, like, pick at the meat. But I was just like, no wonder the kids are disgusted because, like, I mean, like I said, gutting a fish is disgusting. But also if you're going to flay it, you're going to cut off the head, so. And did they have a knife? Like, they sounded like they just, they made it sound like he just plucked them out of the water, stuck it on a a stick and like held it over the fire I mean, and then like they may have yeah yeah gross I mean, it helped them something. survive so yeah it, it just it felt to me like someone who had never actually seen a fish was was <laughs> like about sure it. that that was yeah that's, that's, that's how they could do they just grab a fish yeah. yeah they just got some fish with a safety pin and now they're eating them with it's no fine. bait yeah they just sort of glossed over that which like you could so one of the times i i fished in australia one um you we would we would dig for clams and you'd like crack open the clams against each other and you use the clam as bait so like, oh yeah you could potentially do that because i'm pretty sure in that area of the country there are clams but also digging for clams would have been a lot of fun for the kids so like yeah anyway and the clams are tastier than the fish agreed yeah yeah definitely. and so, there, there definitely were clams because that's what they use the clam shells oh yeah to write help yeah, like, so when you've been on beaches and you see those little holes, yeah, like, sometimes they're, like, little crabs, but a lot yeah. of times you that's where you dig and you find the clams because they, like, burrow into the right. sand and they have the... Interesting. I, I want nothing to do with any of that. I would have been, I would have been Becca and been like, Give nope. me all the candy bars. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to pass. <laughs> all right, so we did mention that Jesse's babysitter is up next, and we know that that's, you know, Aunt Cecilia, she's here now. I don't remember a ton about the book. I remember not liking her, that she was, like, Mm -hmm. strict. And if I think I remember, like, pranks and stuff. But I don't remember. I remember it was, like, a battle of the wills. Yeah. But I I think the stuff I'm envisioning is more, like, parent trap. Like, I'm I'm seeing Haley Mills in my head, (laughs) uh, like, short sheeting beds and stuff. Yeah. Or no, I'm what I'm thinking of is sound of music. Yeah, I was gonna say sound of music is what is popping to mind. But like, yeah, I don't. I feel like I feel like there's pranks. I I feel like it's Jesse's mom is gonna start going back to work at least part time or something, and then oh, that would make sense because we were just talking about Squirt, you know, being yeah, like he's he's older now, so she wants to get back out there. I don't know what her job may have been before kids or if she worked recently i don't know but we don't even really talk about jobs and parents no that much i mean yeah you know, very, so I, very basic. i think i think it's going back to work and so aunt cecilia is going to come sort of be like the house manager sort of and like nanny ish i mean it's obviously a family member but like i yeah. think she's gonna sort of leave wherever she's living and come live with them and jesse is not having it especially yeah. after this book where aunt cecilia is like stepping on her toes and yeah you know, thinking she's not responsible enough to handle it and i think that she feels like well, if her mom's going back to work, she could handle it then, too. Exactly. Except clearly, she clearly cannot. Clearly cannot. <laughs> also, you have school. Yeah. Right. It, like, who's going to take care of a baby all day? <laughs> like, But, I mean, I guess that would be I, – I, that makes sense as an interesting plot. Like, you know, recognizing that even though you're a great babysitter doesn't mean that you're capable of, you know, right. 
being an adult. Well, and she even says in this book, like, I don't know how my mom does it. Yeah. Like, she thought it yes. was going to be easy, smooth sailing, taking care of just squirt for smooth the day. Sailing. Even though, <laughs> <laughs> pun unintentionally yeah. <laughs> uh, intended. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's the thing that, 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 and I probably shouldn't be looping back to the book, but just since I brought it up, like, it's not like she's never babysat her own little brother before. Right. Like, why is this weekend suddenly like, oh, now I'm just going to lean back and he's going to just sleep the whole time. It's going to well, be easy. because when she's been babysitting before, it's been during his nap time. Yeah. That's like, probably for, when she's been She thinks it's him. just yeah. nap time all like, the some time. Kid, like, I think kids that age, well, if he's like a year, year and a half, they maybe are like one nap and it might be three hours. Right. So like. That's true. Maybe she's only ever been like babysitting when it's like, oh, he needs to go down for his nap and he's still asleep by the time her parents get right. home. Yeah. Or it's like after he goes to bed right. at night. I'm most curious in this next one about how old Aunt Cecilia is because in my memory, she was like, <laughs> like an old battle axe <laughs> yeah. and like a grandma figure. Right. And then they, but didn't they but say if she's or his an brother? Aunt. Like, well, like if she's like an actual, maybe she's a great aunt that they just call aunt and that's why we and think this, she's they older? did say that it it's was her dad's sis- brother, sister. sister. Yeah. Oh. That's why so I was she's like, probably like, but 35. 35. That's what I'm <laughs> well, but like how many brothers and sisters does her dad have? Fair. Well, that's true. Could like, be, he could be the youngest and she's, you know, yeah, like 10 years 20, older. And I'm sure it's similar in your family. Yeah. Like, there's 22 years between my oldest yeah. uncle and my youngest uncle. But even if her dad is 35 and she's 20 years older, mm-hmm. she's only 55. Yeah. <laughs> Although and, as kids, 55 right. felt like fair I mean, an ancient that point, person. She very likely would have gray hair. That's true. Yeah, you know, that's so true. like visually it might feel older. That makes that's sense. That's a very good point. But I'm but it definitely I was I was not I, I was thinking she was like a hundred. Yeah. And <laughs> and like came to live with them because like she needed She needed help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her like that's how I was help. remembering it, and that's not how this is yeah. playing yeah, out. She's clearly like able to take charge and run the household. Yeah. But yeah, so that's reading this, I think that's why I'm thinking like she's gonna come be like the house manager kind yeah, of Yeah, that person. makes sense. That makes much more sense. I just and it makes more sense too as I, I stopped to think about it when because I, I was thinking about Jesse like doing pranks on her <laughs> feels much <laughs> less mean. <laughs> oh, oh Jesse. Boy. Well, we'll see when we talk about the next one. In two weeks. Yep. Okay. So, any other final club business? You can just find us online if you have thoughts and feelings about this book the way that we did. I, I'd love to hear what other people's reactions were if they are revisiting this. But as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GenerationBSC, or you can email us at GenerationBSC at gmail.com. Okay. And Katie, anything you'd like to plug for yourself before we sign off? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this episode is now adjourned. Say hello to your friends.